and welcome to the Nurse and Midwife Support Podcast. Your health matters. I'm Mark Aiken, the podcast host for today. I'm the Stakeholder Engagement Manager with Nurse and Midwife Support, and I'm a registered nurse. Nurse and Midwife Support is the national support service for nurses, midwives and students. The service is anonymous, confidential and free, and you can call us anytime about any issue you need support for. 1-800-667-877 or contact us via the website nmsupport.org.au. Welcome to the Nurse and Midwife Support Podcast. Today we're going to talk about stress and crisis related to two big events that are going on in our worlds at the moment, coronavirus COVID-19 and the devastations in many parts of Australia related to the bushfires. My guest is Sam Eddy. Sam is a workplace wellbeing expert and in fact Sam was the first host of this podcast way back uh, in July 2017 when we launched the Nurse and Midwife Support Podcast and actually taught me pretty much everything I know about podcasting. <laughs> so hello and welcome, Sam. Thank you, Mark. It's awesome to be back Yeah, talking about this, you know, pretty full-on but really important issue. Yeah, I agree, Sam. And I think many nurses and midwives will really connect with the conversation today. So we're going to talk about several things in relation to um, COVID-19 and the bushfire devastation, mostly about stress response and crisis and um, nurses and midwives being at the front line dealing with these two big issues and your own response to that. By way of caring for yourself through these events, caring for your families and loved ones, and also caring for those who you actually care for, whether they be patients, your residents or clients, or whatever you call the people you care for. So Sam, remind our listeners um, about your background, if you don't mind, and then we'll kind of launch into the conversation. Sure, yeah. So my background, I have experience back in, in corporate world, uh, originally in marketing and leadership roles, did a lot of always did a lot of workplace training, career development with my uh, teams there. So that was kind of where I got my real real world understanding of workplaces. So I actually do a lot of work with nurses and midwives, bringing corporate understanding into the health profession. So just for a different perspective, I've done a lot of work um, with yourself, so nurse and midwife support, the nurse and midwifery health program in Victoria, I've done some work with fertility nurses Australasia, um, all around dealing with stress, anxiety, improving mental health and well-being at work, but also in personal life. I had my own experience of burnout working in the corporate world, um, which was really tough. But the strategies I used there through help I got were really useful to me. So I share a lot of those to deal with things like present day anxieties, which we're potentially going to talk a lot about. Um, I retrained, did a psychology master's, trained in counselling, helping people with anxiety, panic and stress. So now I've combined both my, both my loves of workplaces, but also um, the wellbeing side. So people use me for a lot of, you know, for either side, depending on what's relevant for them. 
Thanks, Sam. Really eclectic career, and it's um, and I know that you're um, very supportive in this space towards healthcare professionals and particularly nurses and midwives. You're um, you've been a big support to nurse and midwife support, and we're really grateful. So thank you. So Sam, in relation to the bushfire devastation in many parts of Australia. Um, and now COVID-19 and some of the re- human reactions that we're seeing in response to that. What are some of the issues you think that nurses and midwives need to be mindful of? I think it's um, the, the key thing is probably just the overwhelming sense of stress that comes with it because seeing constant news, 24-hour news cycles, talking about bushfires initially pre- and post-Christmas, um, what that does, it activates a stress response because the news is pretty much doom and gloom no matter what's going on. But particularly when there's, we feel like there's overwhelming crises that are out of our control. Bushfires, it, it had a sense it was out of control. The same with COVID-19. There's a, a sense that we can't do much about it. So particularly for people in the healthcare field where their stress response is activating anyway because they're looking after people who are unwell, which is, can be stressful. They're dealing with emergency situations. So that just compounds what they're feeling by being exposed to these sort of global crises, if you, if you like. So it's kind of the overwhelming stress and how do you deal with it? How do you manage your anxieties around it? How do you move forward? How do you know what action to take? But how do you also know when to let go, slow down and not let it um, take a toll on you in terms of your individual well-being? They're kind of the first thoughts that come to mind. Thanks, Sam. And I think uh, a big part of what we're going to talk today Uh, is about acknowledgement, acknowledgement of people's feelings and responses and reactions to what is going on or the situation they find themselves in. And we're going to talk about understanding and managing anxiety and the stress response, which you've um, talked about. And we're going to provide some strategies for people to be able to um, deal with these issues and provide some resources that you can access um, after the podcast and that you know will support you in relation to information and knowledge which we hope will empower you to make decisions that are good for you and your families and loved ones and those around you. So thank you, Sam. So first up with acknowledgement, um, and you've talked about this a bit already, so what are the things that people might be experiencing at the moment or on the back of the bushfire devastation that would be good for them to acknowledge rather than put on the back burner. Sure, yeah, so it's good to kind of connect with your body first of all, um, just to understand how you're feeling physically from a stress perspective or anxiety perspective. Often we talk about anxiety or stress manifesting in terms of mental health, which of course it does. But as you're perhaps sitting here and listening, how are you feeling? Is the heart racing a bit more than normal? Is the adrenaline spiking a bit? Are you getting symptoms of stress that are then fueling your thoughts and worries. So if you're getting a bit of a surge of adrenaline, heart racing, shallow breathing, headaches, tension, um, feeling a bit sick in the stomach or tension in the stomach, for example, um, that can be the first thing that comes up in, re- in regard to anything like this. We may have felt it in the past, so it may be something to acknowledge that's similar to things I've felt in the past, like um, the terror attacks back in 9-11, that was a big global event. Climate change has been on the back of our mind for a while, drought, and then, of course, bushfires and now COVID-19. The response is always the same. So it's good just to really acknowledge it and connect that, yes, at the moment, maybe I am feeling stress. It's heightened. 
nothing wrong with that but starting to really start to connect with the physical symptoms of stress so you can then start to say well how is that affecting my thinking what what is what is it triggering in terms of the worries are there specific triggers is it logging onto the news for example that's triggering it is it seeing people constantly maybe from a covid-19 perspective you know washing their hands all the time um what are the triggers and how are you feeling physically then of course what where is it where is the mind taking you just to really establish your foundation of where you're at in terms of stress it might be mild you know might not you know might be on your mind but nothing significant it could be higher you could be feeling levels of tension you know a bit of a drip of adrenaline all the time you could get even be experiencing panic unfortunately for a lot of people that's come up so it's good just to clock without judgment where you're at as a starting point if that makes sense uh, i think that's really good advice sam thank you very much I think um establishing your stress foundation. I know you have a bit of a model for this in relation to how you talk about and look at the stress response and um we've talked about um checking your stress temperature and I really like that. Can you talk a bit about that? Sure, yeah. So the stress temperature is just a metaphor or analogy I use to kind of assess the level of stress that is in your or nervous tension that is in your body. And you can do it by really connecting with the physical symptoms of stress I've talked about. So if you think about a trigger of stress, sometimes it's getting bad news. What symptoms do you normally get? And are they appearing on a more subtle level day to day in terms of what you're experiencing? Because if the stress level is activated, um, we can be in higher forms of stress. So that means your stress temperature is hotter. So you're feeling more tense and, and heat almost within your body because of the nervous tension. If we're lower down on the stress temperature scale, we're in kind of what I call green zones. So we're away from the red zones of hot stress into cooler um, zones of green. And that's where we're really mindful. We're really just in the moment. We're not worrying so much about all the what ifs. And there's plenty of what ifs circulating at the moment about all the unknowns to do with the bushfire recovery, but also with COVID-19 and other things. We're able just to really focus on what we're doing, move through day to day. Doesn't mean we don't take action, but it has a really lovely calming effect on both the nervous system, which calms your stress response, but also on the mind in terms of slowing thoughts. So I guess one aim perhaps using that model is how can you move from higher states of red zone when your temperature is hot down to yellow and green cooler states where our our thoughts are slower we're calmer mentally but we're also calming the stress response so there's not as much worry fuel or nervous tension to fuel negative thinking and worry thanks sam i think that's really useful we'll put some information up onto the nurse and midwife support website in relation to this and sam's working with nurse and midwife support at the moment to review our stress management content and part of that will be putting uh, this model into that content so stay tuned folks and that will be up on the website shortly nmsupport.org.au I think what we're talking about here, Sam, is really keeping perspective in relation to what is going on and connecting with what you can control rather than what you can't control. To me, they're very key points. And I think there's a lot of um, fear out there at the moment in the community that nurses and midwives are part of distilling and diffusing and bringing some perspective to 
um, to this fear, this concern that people have, but also the, the heightened activity in workplaces because there's had to be a huge response mm. in relation to setting up extra services and clinics and ways of working around supporting, caring for and managing people concerned about COVID-19 or indeed who have tested positive for the virus. And I've long thought, Sam, that nurses and midwives are really at risk of heightened and elevated stress because we're actually trained to react. And so because we're trained to react and assess constantly our environment, our patients, our clients, any of those people we care for, we're often in a heightened state of awareness which really connects to me to potential for high levels of stress. What would you say to nurses and midwives who are kind of feeling a bit heightened mm. in the moment and uh, in terms of strategies for how, how to be able to bring those feelings to a place that is more palatable for them to be able to live a comfortable and, um, and meaningful life? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a great point. I think as we were, we were talking in preparation for this podcast, we talked about the high burnout rates in nursing and midwifery for healthcare workers in general, doctors as well, of course, um, is a reflection that, as you say, nurses are primed and midwives to be on high alert because delivering babies, dealing with sick patients, family members. So you're constantly vigilant. And so the stress response is kind of primed to look out for danger, which can be useful um, when you're at work. But then when, when it's overlaid with all these global things that are out of your control, so to a certain extent, um, we can't necessarily control the bushfires. We can't necessarily control what's going to happen with COVID-19, although we can all take individual action. Um, it does mean we're primed to get into worry mode, to be panicked, to be stressed. And I think the burnout rates indicate that nurses are primed to do that. So it's even more important to start thinking about, well, okay, given I know that's the reality, what can I do for myself to ensure I'm disconnecting regularly from the news? I'm not saying you bury your head in the sand. Of course, we need to get information. But am I having enough downtime so that um, when my stress response is activated, I'm, I'm balancing it out with enough downtime when my stress response is not being activated, I'm not being triggered by news events. If you're surrounded at work by constant vigilance around this, which you probably are in a healthcare profession, what am I doing outside of work? Am I taking my breaks during work to ensure I'm getting real balance around this? When the stress response is activated, we're on high alert, so the mind is only going to look for negative information because it's equivalent of being in survival mode. The body doesn't know whether you're being chased by a dog in the street or if you're just thinking worrying thoughts. So um, we need to ensure that we're getting plenty of time out of worry mode where the stress response is calmer, so we're not constantly activating the stress response. Thanks, Sam. That's really helpful information. What strategies um, on top of those would you recommend that people put in place to help them firstly acknowledge some of these emotions and issues they're feeling, but secondly support other people who they might see as struggling with these issues? And I'm particularly thinking about um, students in hospitals who are potentially completely out of their comfort zone with what's going on and they might not have been exposed to anything like this and they're almost like a deer in the headlights in mm. relation to what is going on but they need to do their clinical placement and it's required 
Um, what would you say to people listening to this about how they can firstly, apart from the great strategies provided already, support themselves while they're supporting other people? Sure. Well, I think um, the, the thing I was going to talk about was how the stress response works, because if we're aware of that ourselves, we're already ahead of the game in terms of supporting others. So um, I don't know if you've heard of the ABCDE model. It was founded by L- Albert Ellis. It's a cognitive behavioral model um, to really deal with negative thinking and worry. Um, so people can research it. It's used often in psychology, as I said, but basically there's Two parts to it. So ABC is your unconscious reaction to a stressful event. So the example might be you see a news flash about a COVID-19 update. That's that's A, that's called an adverse event. So you're instantly triggered by it. B is for beliefs. So beliefs are that you've already got all these beliefs about it and beliefs might be, oh my gosh, what does this mean for my job? What if I catch it? We all have unconscious beliefs um, buried and they're triggered by an event. So we've got to be aware of our beliefs. And then C is for consequence. So when we are triggered by this adverse event and have all these beliefs, what's the consequence? So the consequence might be that we feel angry, we might feel frustrated, we might feel scared, we might feel disappointed. And that's okay, that's a normal reaction to have. So we're all going to be triggered by by this to varying degrees, but at what point are we? do we start to become aware of it? So when we start to become aware of it, we can then start to go, okay, um, whilst I'm triggered with ABC, I've got all these physical symptoms of stress, adrenaline surging. If I'm really connected with my body and I'm thinking about um, having plenty of downtime, I can start to then put in strategies in place to calm the nervous system down. You're not always going to remember to do it. But I always say then take action once the adrenaline has subsided because you'll always get relief from the surges of adrenaline. Um, students, of course, if it's new to them. And that's when you can start to take action. You can then look at the news to get the information you want. But if we're looking at news, we're taking action when stress is high, when we're just triggered, we're only going to look for negative information. We're not going to have clarity of thinking. So what we're trying to do is intervene with ABC. And then the DNA allows us to then dispute unhelpful information, um, have calm confidence. And so E is for the effect that we calm down and make calm, considered choices. Effectively, what we're doing is we're moving out of high states of stress and into green. So ways that we can do that, there's a number of ways, exercise, mindfulness, etc. We'll talk about those. But having awareness of that stress cycle, the peak of adrenaline that will fuel negative thinking and worrying, and knowing that that stress will always pass. So if you're listening, and particularly for students as well, you might realize that you're triggered. Sometimes you react higher to the same information than you do another day. And that just means that your systems are on high alert. So what we have to do is make sure we're waiting for the high alert status to dip before we then take action. Often you see the panic buying and the, as we've talked about in the shops and the supermarkets, Mm -hmm. is because people are acting when they're in higher states of red. So they're just in the unconscious zone. So it's okay if we go in there, we're gonna be triggered. But um, once we have awareness of it, we can start to wait till it subsides before we then take action. Yeah, and I think that um, panic buying is a really good point, Sam, because we have seen a lot of it with COVID-19, particularly in relation to toilet paper, and there has been a bit of humour around it. For, for some people, though, it's really driven by fear of the unknown and what may um, happen or not happen. And it's a small thing that people can do in relation to protecting themselves and their families, um, and it's really symbolic of a bigger issue. 
totally. isn't it? Okay. Yeah. Which is that they're fearful and they're not getting information that is helping them to diffuse their emotional or stress response. Absolutely. And what I want to say on fear too, I mean, you just reminded me there because fear is fear. Fear doesn't care whether it's bushfire anxiety, whether it's climate change, whether it's terrorism fears, whether it's um, to do with COVID-19. Fear is designed to get your attention and make you feel scared. So um, you'll never be activated with fear and then it goes, oh, this is not as bad as before. So it'll make you, it will try and trick you into believing that every uh, fearful thought you have is true. And of course, when we're, we're surrounded by images of COVID-19, I'm not saying there's, there's, you know, there's not a problem here that we need to deal with, but it's going to make you feel like it's, it's worse and insurmountable. That's what fear does. So if we can acknowledge that, and wait till it calms down, then we can take action and know that we've probably been triggered in this way before. The problem now is that we're sort of surrounded by it all the time. And that's the difference. So there's nothing wrong with disconnecting from the news. Um, There's nothing wrong with having time with friends, um, doing stuff you love, making sure you're enjoying life, watching a, a comedy show, having fun with your kids. doesn't mean you don't care about the crisis that might be available. It just means that you're um, putting yourself on the on the front foot to be able to deal with it. And what you're actually doing when you're doing some stuff to look after yourself, you're actually reducing your stress response, which means your immune system's kicking in nicely. Digestion's working as it should. So you're actually putting your um, ability to um, your immunity, you're giving it a nice boost every time we're reducing the stress response. So it has physical benefits as well as mental to kind of move into green zone. So that's really important, both on a health perspective um, and also from a mental perspective, those two things. I've nurse and midwife support in the past and, um, and also um, in our website content, we talk a lot about self-care and the importance of self-care for nurses and midwives. And we talk about people developing their own self-care plan and setting goals for their self-care. So I think this is a really good reminder, Sam, of that it might be an opportunity for people to, if they haven't done it, do that. If they have done it, to review their goals and actually write them down. And what I recommend is that people then print it out and they put it on their fridge or somewhere prominent in their house or even on their phone as a or you know device as a reminder to connect in with those things that are really important in relation to their self-care. So we're going to talk a bit now about some tips in relation to that. I recently read a book I really connected with, which is A Life Less Stressed by Dr. Ron Ehrlich. He's a holistic dentist, and he talks about emotional stress, nutritional stress, environmental stress, dental stress, of course, because he's a dentist, but if our teeth aren't and gums aren't healthy, then often we're not healthy, and postural stress, which I've really connected with recently, Sam, because I've returned to the gym after, you know, back injury that I've had for many years that prevented me from doing this work. So I did yoga and Pilates and a lot of core work to get back to the gym. And I think my posture has changed as a result of it. Mm. I feel stronger. I feel taller. I feel that that is benefiting me both psychologically and physically. So Ron talks about some simple steps that help to negate the stressors that people experiencing experience and those are sleep breathing nutrition movement and thought 
So, Sam, I'm really interested in your perspective on these things and, Mm. indeed, if you've got other things you'd like to add. Look, I think they're all absolutely great. The way I talk about it is mind, body, spirit, just because in threes it's simple for me to remember. Mm. Um, So, yeah, from a strategy perspective, what are you doing to ensure you're having downtime from a mental perspective? So we've probably talked about mindfulness and meditation and podcasts, and I'm sure you've got information on your website. Um, If you're listening to, say, a guided Uh, mindfulness exercise or meditation which is just about maybe focusing on your breathing it might be taking you to a um, a visual scenery somewhere nice what it does it just calms the thinking down slows the thoughts and calms your nervous system so it becomes an anchor every day to reset Um, we talked about the this is an opportunity for individually us individually but also society to really slow down a bit because this hypervigilance that we have as a society where we're racing from meeting to meeting at work for patient to patient racing out the door with the kids in the moment whatever it may be um, that doesn't help us deal with this crisis or these crises when they come up these events so slowing down and using something from your to slow your thinking down is critical it might be reading a book for you it could be something simple like that it doesn't have to be meditation but we know there's a huge amount of research on the benefits of mindfulness, for example. Um, You've talked about physical health, so going to the gym. So doing exercise, whatever that works for you is important. So it releases endorphins, so you feel better. If you feel better, you're more likely to have clarity of thinking when the fear comes along, when you're exposed to um, some of the the triggers that we've talked about earlier. Um, But also burns off excess adrenaline in the system. So there's less worry, fuel or tension to fuel the thinking and fuel the symptoms that then trigger negative thinking when you're triggered by something. Um, And then spirit is doing enough of the stuff you love. So as I talked about before, making sure you're having downtime, having fun with the kids, um, catching up with a friend you have a a laugh with, not feeling guilty about watching a comedy show whilst there's, you know, real challenges that we have to deal with. So those three things, and I think they work in from a nutritional perspective as well. So for eating good quality food, Um, We've got plenty of energy to deal with crisis. We're boosting our immune system through nutrition, fresh food, veggies, less processed food, less stimulants like sugar, caffeine, which put pressure on the system. Um, The environmental stressors that can be around, you know, what's around us? What what, what, is it? Is there lots of noise going on? Is that spiking our stress response? Um, Is are we surrounding ourselves with news and negative people or people that drain us? We need a break from them, particularly in these times. And I agree with what you're saying around posture too. If you're walking around, shoulders back, walking high, you're less likely to um, trigger negative thinking because your body's saying that everything's okay, I'll be fine. So it's helping with that calm confidence and moving you into green that we talked about earlier. Thanks, Sam. Really useful strategies. Uh, those um, For those um, people who are listening who also subscribe to our newsletter or indeed uh, read our newsletter on the Nurse and Midwife Support website, you will know that we have newsletters on nutrition, sleep, uh, mindfulness and self-care. So they're all still up on the Nurse and Midwife Support website. There's many of them now. One that springs to mind, Sam, that we did last year was on kindness Mm. and i think it's really important right now to reconnect with kindness because we're seeing a lot of fear and panic in the community and also a lot of blame towards people and certain groups and i think it's really important that we all connect to 
um, kindness, not only kindness to other people, but kindness to ourselves. Mm. And, uh, and we've talked a bit about that. So check out some of our other resources at nmsupport.org.au. Now, you may be feeling very troubled by some of these issues or confused or concerned. You can, feel, you can phone Nurse and Midwife Support anytime, 24-7, 1-800-667-877 and talk to a nurse or a midwife trained to support you in relation to these issues and your feelings or indeed any other issue that you'd like to speak about. So please don't hesitate to phone the service or contact us via the website nmsupport.org.au. The service is anonymous, confidential and free. Sam, if you've got any other points that you'd like to um, yeah. to share or or pearls of wisdom, indeed, that you'd like yeah. to share with our listeners. Sure. Well, hopefully, look, a lot of it's just practical information, isn't it? So just a real, a real reminder, I was listening, I think, to the Chief Medical Officer of Australia, and um, it's trying to weed through all the headlines and the sensationalism. When you're looking at the news, remember... News organisations have to sell papers. And I think on The Guardian, for example, they've got this 24-7 flashing black um, coronavirus alert, which can make everything feel so overwhelming. But the chief medical officer was talking about it. Most people who get COVID-19, it's a mild thing. uh, And most people, you know, get it, recover and are fine. So it's good to remind yourself of some of the baseline facts as well, as, as well as you're reading the headlines. It doesn't mean you don't do all the precautions that maybe your workplace is recommending. We talked about hand sanitizers, you know, not congregating in huge groups if you can, just making sensible choices. If you're doing all the well-being stuff we've talked about, you're more likely to do it. But also reminding yourself of the perspective on it. Because if you're regularly reminding yourself of the baseline facts, that can just allow you to keep moving forward. I would also say if you are taking precautions, um, take the precaution, but then try and let, let it go. You're doing what you can. And then allow your, your mind to just to focus on, you know, being with your patient, focus on um, being with your family, focus on being with your colleagues. And if you get new information about to change your practical strategy to deal with this, for example, or indeed things to do with the bushfire threats that we've had, bushfire rebuilding, etc., do change your strategies you need to, but allow yourself a mental break from some of the stuff. Remind yourself of the stress response, how it's going to bluff you into worrying constantly. Think about the well-being anchors we've talked about. Get onto the podcast that Mark's, Mark, you've suggested because we need to balance out a lot of the negative information with all the good stuff. Um, and so hopefully the sum of all the parts will start to help dip you into green. But we need to remind ourselves of this stuff. So if anything's been of use you'll need to probably remind yourself again and again of it, particularly as the news cycles continue. Thanks, Sam. Um, I was recently connected to a really good podcast, which is um, targeted towards providing information around COVID-19, and that's CoronaCast that's provided by Dr. Norman Swan, who's a doctor and a journalist who works with the ABC. And you can download that podcast from wherever you access your podcasts or from the ABC app. And there's some really useful information in there. And having, as I said, recently gone back to the gym and the podcast, a Corona cast podcast I listened to yesterday was all about risks related to to the gyms because as people can imagine there's lots of equipment lots of people using it and there's sweat and moisture which is um the perfect medium for uh, something like coronavirus COVID-19 and I just really connected with some basic 
hygiene and infection prevention strategies that as nurses and midwives we all know but they're good to be reminded of and what I really connected with was not carrying my water bottle around and picking it up after I'd used equipment and then drinking from it but leaving it in my locker and if I needed a drink of water going and washing my hands first and then picking it up and having um, a glass of water so I think Sam's really right there's lots of information out there we need to distill that information and we need to be able to understand that ourselves so that we can actually provide that information to those that we care for. Because the chances are that someone in your life, being a nurse or a midwife, is going to ask you for support in relation to managing COVID-19 or indeed um some resources around how they navigate the complexities of these big issues that we find ourselves um, dealing with in at this time in Australia and indeed throughout the world. So really connect with that information and make it um, relevant to yourself and your own life and the work that you do. Sam, I think we've come pretty much to the end of the podcast. Is there anything final that you'd like to share? Just a reminder um, to slow down. These crises can feel overwhelming, but if we're reminding ourselves to slow down, not race out of the house in the morning, walk slow to the car, walk slow to work, not race around to every patient. You're What you're doing, you're lowering your stress response, you're boosting your immune system, you're going to have clarity of thinking, you're not going to be triggered as much. And we're always talking about how busy we are. And, and it might be an excuse just to slow down on some of the commitments, have more time for yourself, more time for your family. If you ever need an excuse, now's the time. Keep doing, doing enough of the stuff you love, but overlay it with slowing down and that's going to really help. Thanks, Sam. You've been a great guest. I hope we provided some really useful information for you today. And if you'd like to send me an email with any thoughts or um, give a perspective on this, I'd love to hear from you. Mark at nmsupport.org.au. I'll speak to you next time. Look after yourselves and each other.